Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the 710 app. Streaming live on MindRequest.com. And don't forget about the venerable D, OutdoorLine.com, with blogs, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Good morning, Joey Pyburn. Good morning. Uh, we have more people in the Roy Robinson RV studio than we ever have in the actual studio. And thanks for bringing that up because we this is the mobile RoyRobinsonRV.com studio coming at us from uh, Lewis and Clark um, Trailer Park. You can say Lewis and Park RV Park here in scenic and historic Astoria. Astoria. Bruce Larson, we did this show together last week. We did. But now you're... Renowned as the MC of the Blue Ten Classic, <laughs> so the event came off fun what, last night. No, it did. Yeah, and, it was and great. You ended you ended up kind of being the auctioneer and, and and everything as well. Does that have you have you filled that role before? The, the MC role, yes, uh, absolutely. Any, any kind of an auctioneer role, no idea. And and so you know these guys are fresh off dinner, fresh off the water with a few cocktails, and there's some minimum bids you had to achieve, and you did a great job, man. We got, to, we got to got to them on the the ones we needed to, so that was great. Got to like that, and now, um, a wonderful Yamaha representative with a terminal fishing problem, none yeah. other than <laughs> Phil Spielgeen himself. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Hey. He he can't stop. So yeah. let's see. We did we we did one of these from with you and Sitka. We did one Maybe. of these with you and Puget Sound, and now we're doing one of these with you and Bowie Ten. It's what do you a, have to say for yourself? You you should be ashamed of yourself. I, well, you know, it's, it's a mixture of I'm super proud and also maybe a little bit of shame. Don't, be, but not, don't be no, ashamed. I mean, I'm, I love it. I can't stop. This is fantastic. If, if I find myself anywhere in the area, I got to take the time. <clears throat> when I sent that text, yeah, I was just expecting to have lunch with you. But yeah, here no, we are. No. Yeah. And I went I went full well, on. We'll, no. have, we'll have lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At some point. At least. Yeah. Lunch escalated. There, yeah, exactly. It'll be on the boat yeah. while, yeah. while fishing and yeah, with yeah. about a couple thousand of our our buoys and friends, friends yeah without question and, and so you, to put this in perspective with the other type of fishers you've you've experienced mm-hmm. with us you know right, and, right. and 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 we've done we've done some vertical stuff we've done mm-hmm. halibut fishing mm-hmm. you know, we've done some you know jigging for rockfish and whatnot and 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 a lot of downrigging so most right. of the most of the salmon fishing that we've done together has been downrigging right correct you may notice on this the duckworth sea beast out there there's no downriggers there are no downriggers there's no yes. downriggers and so the fun there is instead of getting you know, that muted bite by having that release pull at 100 feet. We've got 30 feet of line out, and these fish try to rip the rod off side of the boat. Oh, yeah. Dude, it is just, you know. That's what got me in the in the rental car through the traffic for four and a half hours after a five hour flight to come down here for the weekend, honey. This this is a once in a lifetime. This so, is place. So after the show, we're gonna get the boat back in the water and and uh, and go do it. And and the cool thing is, whereas a lot of the fisheries we've experienced are, are daylight bite fisheries, this is a fishery that's completely governed by the tides. Definitely, yeah, yeah. It, you know, sometimes the if the tide sets up right, it could be a daylight bite, and it has nothing to do with daylight. It's all about what that tide's doing and what the fish are doing. Um, we could have a really, really good afternoon, I think. Today. I think so too. And and so, 
Buzz Ramsey and Eric Lindy, both two, you know, stellar anglers. And, and we had Buzz Ramsey on the boat the day before yesterday, you know, and, and they talk about these softer tides and then, and the term they use is carryover tides. Mm-hmm. And, and so when, when you get a nice morning flood, these fish will travel farther upstream. And I think that manifested itself in a bite that, that, that happened above the bridge on the Washington side. Um, a lot of guys' eyes get swimmy because by the time these fish get up to Tongue Point, they, they usually bite really, really well up there, which is which is above Astoria. I don't think that's going to be our focus today because most of the fish were caught below the bridge, but that's where most of the boats were too. Yeah, well, and, and what happens here at Buoy 10 is some of the tides are very predictable. You, you kind of know what's going to happen. It's going to be a bite below the bridge. Once it sets up, you know, once that starts to, to push in, you hold into it and guys kind of can predict that bite with these tides it's a little bit different you don't really know exactly it's like well should we go down below the checkerboard or it's going to be on the sands is it going to be down at at seven is it going to happen above the bridge and so sometimes spots get forgotten and i think that happened yesterday and the guys who slid in above the bridge happened onto a pile of fish but and put the put the stick to as it as fishermen i think we are just unable to go do something different after we had a couple of days of angling that we had bruce i when, mean when, the day before the day before the blue 10 classic when it, as good as it is then it's tough to say gosh what we did yesterday isn't mm-hmm. going to work absolutely and yeah. and so on thursday by 10 a.m. 10:20 thursday by 10:20 we prob we had 14, 15 bites at least, and and we'd kick and, we'd kick some fish back that we could have kept. Right. Yeah. So we could have been done earlier than that. And and had to. five five chinook and a, and a coho, yeah. you know, and and just I mean, and then the next day the weather changes and 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 things you know get a little bit different. But that's that's the never ending challenge of this fishery. And it what is. makes it so much fun, and and just the the number of fish and and the fact that you know Joey's always on the glass, dude. You know, he's always on the glass looking at other boats because you can see bites happening. Okay. And, and do we want to keep going down? Do we want to move up? And Joey's watching nets and rod tips. That, nope, look, there's one down below us. So let's keep on going. And time, time, and time, and time again, that makes a difference. Where we were maybe losing faith in the drag we were in. We want to make a move. No, now we're starting marking fish. Okay, boom, then we get another one. Yeah, generally yesterday all we had to do was let Tom start talking about moving, and we, we put one in the boat. Just or he threatened to call Buzz Ramsey. Yeah, yeah I'm going right. to call Buzz. I'm going to call no, Buzz. Here, that was so. the trigger. That Not, did. Oh, dude, was. the phone was ringing, and the rod folded over. Like, oh, so okay. Buzz doesn't even really have to answer the phone just an you aura just have, has to yeah, hit yeah, the phone oh, and then, oh, <laughs> so yesterday's buoy 10 classic 65 fish entered this is a gutted and gilled derby so when we say that a 22 and a half pounder won it that's that that's a 27 pounder on a hoof yeah and that was uh the the winner was a guy by the name of wayne monte from uh enterprise oregon now that's an mc for you he's yeah. coming up for the names yeah. and all this kind of stuff so so uh just about 70 fish entered in the yep. thing so you know for a 33 team event you know that's that's better than a couple fish a boat it's yep. pretty good stuff not bad now yeah. if we would have held the event a couple days ago yeah. It would have been a, a bigger map. numbers. Yeah. So, well, yeah. it kind of cracks you up because, you know, we, we roll into, we roll into the Harbor with our fish and, you know, now all then here comes all the guideboats. Boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. And I mean, you look out on the river after we're, you know, as we're leaving the Harbor and it's like, everybody was done. Everybody, everybody has done. It was, those nice. are the days where, you know, I love it when you get on them like that and we, you know, you get your fish early, but I also, then I'm like, ah, I wanted to stay out here because you know, you could just continue 
you can once you're on them like that, man, you can follow those buggers right up the river, and yeah. you know something's yeah. going to happen right. on the on the flood. And, and I, so I, I was a little sad that we were back to the dock so early, but whatever, I'll get over it. <laughs> as, yeah, he was. As Joey Pyron will say, sometimes I don't mind fishing for him, you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, every now and then for all the times we spent grinding around and stuff, it's sure nice to kick him in the teeth it a couple is. days, you yeah. know, what the heck. So speaking of following up the river, um, our, our dear friend, uh, Matt Chandler will be joining us top of seven o'clock hour. And he does, man, he follows these critters uh, on up to the middle river on up. Does he go as far as Hanford and Hanford reach or probably does he? He will move. He'll move up river i don't know how far he'll go but he will definitely move up river but the cool thing about this fall run is you know the the, the summer chinook are still abundant enough in the in the cent in, in, in the middle columbia right now that there's great fishing all the way up through the hanford reach you know and and into the brewster area you know it's just there's just chinook all through the system but even even beyond that because they opened the season with, with a, a daily bag limit of three all the way up in the, the snake yeah. of, of, of lower granite and the Word early word was they were knocking the living daylights out of them up there on Thursday and Friday. I mean, up and down the coast, it's it's been an amazing Chinook year. It's been a, um, just an amazing fish year yeah. overall. We've seen bigger numbers in the Cowlitz steelhead. The sockeye came back over forecast. The Chinook fishing down here. We talk we talked to guys like you know Buzz Ramsey and Eric Lindy. And they say, I said, hey, when's the last time you seen Chinook fishing this good? And Eric Lindy said, you know, Joey, I, I can't, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen it this good before. He's Eric. I don't, I, how many, has he been here 50 years? Dude, a lot. A lot. And but Buzz between, Ramsey between said him, the same thing. Between him and Buzz, there's, there's 70 years of, yeah. of experience just on the river and those two guys, yeah. you know, but that's, that's why. Pretty cool so, to be down here and Well, and, and yeah. so we're camped right next to, to, you know, Eric and, 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 and Stan Brock and, and, you know, a couple, and, and it's just great to sit around in the evening and, and exchange, you know, exchange some info while you're tying leaders and stuff like that. And, you know, you, it's, it's almost to the point with these guys is you learn almost as much in camp as you do on the river, or at least, you know, you connect a few dots, right? Oh, I go, I go every evening. I go over and just hang out with Lindy (laughs) evenings with Lindy. (laughs) And I learn a lot of stuff, man, just watching him tie gear. And he shows me little things without question. So, uh, we, we've learned of something called the Astoria trifecta. So we're, we're going to dig into that next segment. Uh, Robbo's going to jump in at, uh, at, at six twenty-five. uh, on a home stretch of his hundred day exile in, in, in Southeast Alaska. Right. Oh, look at, look at yeah, that. Feels, feels inside. I, wait, he's a hundred days up. How can oh, I do that? Man. I don't covet, but if there was one person I could follow around for, I don't know, a hundred days, it would be Rob. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll get the text toy set up here too. So, and that, and that, and actually we've got a new text line guys, eight, six, six, nine, seven, nine, three, seven, seven, six. That is the text toy powered by Yamaha outboards. Um, and also, uh, let's, let's not forget that, uh, we've got some stuff going on at home. Okay. Uh, we, we still got, we still got area 10 and, and it's cranking out fish and, and it's still, it's only about 60% of its quota. And so stay tuned for the North, Northwest outdoor report. We'll fill in the blanks in that fishery, but also during the past week, area seven reopened, um, to coho, but also the Bellingham Bay Chinook fishery, Kevin, John holiday sports going to jump in at, at 725 to run us through that fishery. And also, I mean, there's a lot going on in the San Juans right now. You can shrimp, you can crab, you can halibut fish, you can coho fish. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot going on back home, so we're going to cover Definitely. it all without question. Give us 90 seconds. We're going to come right back with the Astoria trifecta. No, excuse me, the Owaco trifecta yep. that's kind of also going on in Nia Bay. Huh? It is. Yeah, stay tuned for this one. Give us 90 seconds right back here on the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.
From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Actually, we're coming to you from uh, the Lewis and Clark RV Park in uh, in Astoria, Oregon. One last show, three three more days of, of angling here on uh, here on the Buoy 10 Fishery, and uh, there, there's kind of a new aspect to uh, to angling this year due to an elongated halibut season, which mm-hmm. happened because of the less, shall we say, less than favorable spring that yeah. we had, and 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 early summer was just it kept guys off the water. So so what's happening? What are guys doing? So now guys have the opportunity. We tuna are not very far offshore. Uh, they're between 25, 35 miles offshore. Guys are running out. They're loading the boat with tuna, and then they're coming back a little further in, and they're catching their halibut. And then they're they're coming even closer to home, and they're getting their salmon. Which is, look, you got to really have some want to do that. <laughs> but the fishing is so want. the fishing is so good that it's it's doable. You got to want to spend three hours on the oh, cleaning dock. No so, kidding. So, so you talked to so tell us the story you told us coming into the show about Jerry Spees. I mean, that's what they 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 declared. They, they declared that's what they're going to do. They did. They, they he, he told me the day before they were going to do that. So I when I reached out to him last night, I said, "How'd you do?" He said, "Well." You know, we ran out, and, and it was only about 22 miles out, and uh, we didn't have any live bait, but uh, we stopped and put 30 tuna in the boat, and we thought, that's 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 good. We don't need to do much more turnaround. We're head for the halibut. And as they started to come back in, there's wait a minute, there's birds working all over here. So they stopped again and put another 15 tuna in the boat, and then came back in, got their halibut, got their salmon. So they it, hit the trifecta. It's impressive to stop on on tuna and put that many fish in the boat without live bait exactly i mean we're talking to guys in westport i talked to mark coleman last week and they're running out and getting on the troll and they're, they're converting that into a bait stop but they're not they're only putting two to five fish in the boat and then having to go back on the troll so man they really that's impressive oh yeah no no and jerry they threw slow pitch iron at them yeah you know, i mean they had to uh-huh. yeah. gonna roll under the boat would expect so so and you know and then the drop on the halibut but but here's the deal if you have fresh tuna carcasses on that boat you have the best halibut bait in the world dude bloody tuna mm. the real thing not the pro not the pro cure garlic bloody tuna but the, the real, real bloody deal. tuna yeah, yeah. man, that's just absolutely phenomenal no question well we, we do have a packed house today of course bruce larson renaissance marine group phil spielgeen and yamaha hello hello a lot of yamahas on the river buddy hey, man. The, this yeah. is reliability this is the place and so. and so uh we're actually you know conspiring about you know a, a, a freshening up of of the uh of the Duckworth Sea Beast that's probably going to show up in the in the boat show with uh, with a new pair of Yamaha, the the Helmmaster product. XSBs, the integrated electric steering. And so nice. and so when I say that, what's that do for the style of now that now that you're a, a third party, it's me and you and Joey now right, on the yeah, boat, right? Yeah, exactly. How's that going to help us do our job better on the fishing grounds, Phil Spielgey? It just gives you the ability to do more simply. Let the boat do some things for you that you can manually do on your own, twin sticking and moving around. But now the ability to grab that joystick and make fine-tuning maneuverability to stay in one spot. Ooh, you get on this tuna bite. This is where we need to be. Let's hang on right here. That is now one push of a button Set away point. to you. Set point. And do you, want to, do you want to stick the bow right here or the stern right here? You can fish point, too. It just gives you an arsenal of tools in your toolbox to let autonomy work for you. 
it's all about efficiency, man. It's about putting those fish on the boat, hitting buttons and doing things. And that's exactly why I'm here to make sure that the stuff that we do is right for you guys. So there was a gentleman that, that purchased a boat from uh, well south of here. And Bruce calls up and says, listen, well, you got to help this guy out. He, he, uh, you know, needs a little help. And so Joey and I got off air a couple, a couple months ago now mm-hmm. and went down to this guy's boat and we couldn't even, there was so much other stuff we couldn't mm. even get to the helm master right so i'm i'm these but the controls are different and i almost looked for like two joysticks right no right but no there's a standard binnacle right so and he wasn't real familiar with the basic operation of the boat yet too so we didn't even turn it on and i and i and i regret that because that would have been my first our first exposure yeah. to that to that helm master we really, should have i mean you took him out and did the tom did the oh here's a freighter let me show you what this boat can do and dumped the bow you know, wasn't wide open, but going pretty good. And, and we got green water over the top of the Duckworth and it would, and you should have seen as he's coming into that wake, I'm, I'm behind him, you know, and I've seen it before. And they're like, they're bracing for like, oh. I look for the knuckles to turn white yeah. on, on, on the ocean. Sure. And, and, and we just, we just slice through it. No problem. And Tom's like, this is what your boat can do. Now let me show you this. Let's run, and I'm going to crank this thing over, and we're going to do a circle. And, you know, they had no idea. And that's what people who buy a boat like that need to be shown is they'll never get there if somebody doesn't show them. Agreed. Right? They'll never get to that point where if they're in rough water, they understand, no, you don't have to pull back the throttle. You can still go comfortable. This boat is built to slice and dice. And it, it's not rubber baby buggy bumpers. No, no way. I, I no. mean, but when you first get on the boat and, and you haven't controlled it, you're, you are on eggshells to, to a certain extent. But, you know, our friend Jeff alone, Bayside Marine calls it the plow because mm-hmm. it just, it just cuts that stuff. But, and, and, and it's fun for, for us. Oh, it's fun. We, we yeah. Get, I love it. We get on the boat with somebody that, that hasn't experienced it and now owns it and now wants to, you understand what the parameters are. How far can I push the? How far can I push this envelope? Well, and what you guys do with those new owners is invaluable, because it it so jump starts their ability to use it and appreciation of what they have, and what they can do with it. It just it just makes them it elevates their game right away. Yeah, it's it, we just get a kick out of doing it for sure. Uh, somebody that's probably not getting as much of a kick out of being on their boat right now is our dear friend uh, Rob Ensley, our, our, our the, the the third the third of our tricycle wheels here, mm-hmm. or maybe the first wheel. And you and I, are he's the, starting to get an itchy of... trick, trigger finger. Oh I know he's got a so, he's got a caribou hunt coming up here, and I know that's on his mind. So he left May tenth. Mm-hmm. So he's been up in Southeast since May tenth. Um, he does have a trophy caribou hunt coming up early next month, so we're not going to get his tall, skinny, you know what, back here until till mid September, probably for Salmon for Soldiers, the day of honor on the 17th. But uh, at this point, we like to refer to him as Captain Krusty because he's been running his boat for yeah. 70 days straight. Seven. You'll hear the crust. You'll hear the in crust. his voice. Let, let's let's check the crust level, okay? <laughs> we'll check the crustification level of one Rob Ensley coming up next. You're in the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Well, he's, uh, let's see, May 10th, May 11th, he flew on up there. We're not going to see him probably until mid-September. He's Captain Krusty himself. He's Rob Ensley. Good morning, brother. How are you? Morning, buddy. 
Good morning. Thanks for that extra month. We actually got up here April sixth, but I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that you you only think it's four months. So I'm, I'm, I'm money ahead on that deal. Right. So. Okay. Well, fair enough. Hey, you guys, fair do enough. it. Oh, good. Sounds like you're already. Fun. <laughs> Sounds like you're having fun down there. Catching oh, some yeah, fish on the kidding? Columbia. The Columbia is loaded with Chinook. Yeah. Rob. I mean, outstanding, amazing fishing. Well, we're, and we're sitting here with, uh, of course, Phil Spielzini Yamaha and and Bruce Larson, yeah. and Bruce walks Bruce walks in and says, "Guess what Jerry Spice yesterday did? I don't know if you heard that. You know, tell him, Bruce." So that... Well, they did. They ran out of Iwaka and did the trifecta. So they went about 22 miles mm-hmm. out, ultimately put 45 tuna in the boat, and then mm-hmm. uh, whacked their halibut on the way back and nabbed some salmon as they got into the rivers. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, that's unheard. All of. in one unheard day. Of. That is a day. Wow. That's a day. That's a, that's a yeah. No, that's now. cool. That's super cool. I, I I don't know too many places on earth you can pull that one off, except for Iwaka or or in that neck of the woods. So outstanding. For sure. Yeah. Well, so so what's the what's the scene from southeast, buddy? We're we're curious to see what uh, you know this coho runs manifesting itself, you mm-hmm. know, up there as it is around here. Oh yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, really, really, really good coho run this year. One of the best ones we've had in a long, long time. And uh, some point during the day, uh, you're going to get into some completely ballistic coho thing that's going to just knock your socks off. And and uh, yesterday, it took us about an hour to get into that program, and wham, off it went. I looked at the screen, and you know, we're in 160 feet of water, and about 100 100 feet of it was cohos, and uh, it just went completely <laughs> ballistic, you know. Um, and it's going kind of going on all over the place, which is kind of nice. The fleet's been spread out a little bit. Um, I've been running a little further just, you know, just to get away from all the boats, but, uh, there's a lot of fish around, man. It's been good and how the fish has just been awesome too. So things are good, man. We're mooching, you know, four ounce kidney sinkers and red label and green label herring. I got 12 dozen already cut up and got all the guts pulled out of them back in the cooler right now, ready for the, for the complete chaos this morning. So <laughs> it's good, man. How do you get, how do you get guys to not crank their sinkers right to the rod tip when you're trying to rig them up? How do you, how do you manage that, dude? Uh, well, actually hmm. I have them crank the sinker to the rod tip. Then it's not swinging oh, around, so hitting me in the head. Oh, yeah. Okay. It, right, it, it, you put a bead, put a bead on top of the, of uh, the kidney sinker. So it doesn't blow out that tip, that rod tip. But no, I honestly, I have them crank it right to the top. And then, because when I get in there, you know, we're gaffing these cohos. When I get in there, that lead swinging all over the damn place. And, and oh, gotcha. you know, I think the customers <laughs> like are thinking, <laughs> I think the customers are thinking it might knock some sense into me, but it it has, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it hasn't done it yet. So. It's not going to, so no, you're no, uh, but yeah. How many groups left? Because you, you're, you're home stretching it now. I mean, this is the third week. I got of three. August now and three more groups. Yeah, I got go. three. And then, um, a couple of the boats are four groups. Um, they're going into that first rotation of September, but, um, yeah, we're getting, getting down towards the end here and, and, uh, it's good, man. we got great weather right now and, and things are, things are good right now. So, yep. Looking forward so to the not, end of summer. And You're not thinking of hunting at all. You're not thinking no, of hunting at no, all. No, I'm not thinking right? of hunting at all. No. Uh, <laughs> one thing at a time, Tom. One thing okay, at a time, right. buddy. Yeah. You're yeah. looking. You're driving the boat and looking at the hilltops, thinking pretty soon I'll be up there. So, so you know, tell us a little bit about that caribou hunt, because Joey and I are going to have to live vicariously through you on that. That's kind of a trip of a lifetime for a monster, you know, really trophy caribou. Yeah. caribou yeah. I, you know, I hope so. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Chris Seniel and I are going, and we're hoping for some big caribou, but honestly, it's the most epic camping trip ever. 
Um, you know, there's ptarmigan and foxes and muskox and all kinds of stuff up there. Grizzly bears. I know you don't want to, nobody wants to hear that word, but pretty cool to be up there in, in, in the wild, you know, in the middle of nowhere in Northern Alaska and seeing all that stuff. Um, and the scenery is just like, Oh, it's to die for. Um, so, you know, uh, Chris and I are both kind of on the same page there. We're just excited to be there. Um, be camping out there in the middle of nowhere for a week and hopefully the caribou cooperate and a couple of them walk out and, and, uh, we could put them in the freezer, but if not, you know, we're gonna have a good time anyways. And then flying into those little cubs, is just awesome. Um, you know, if the wind's blowing, they can jump, they, they point the nose of those cubs into the wind. They can jump them off the runway in like 30 feet, you know, um, it's just amazing how much lift those little suckers have. And then the same thing, they can, they can land them too. Just nothing. So you're um, so, talking about a Piper, Piper Cub with a big Tundra Piper tires Cub. on it? Yeah, yep, big old yep. tires. Uh, some of them, I mean, some of these tires are four feet, five feet tall. They're giant tires on them. Yeah, they can land them. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, man, it's, it's a big adventure. Um, super fun. We're going to drive up there and sleep in the hangar, I think, one night and kind of wait for our ticket to be pulled and say, hey, get on the plane, let's go, you know? So, yeah, because yeah, it's, it, it's going to be a, a weather you know, mm-hmm. program once the weather's right, you guys are rolling. You're right, Rob. You know, all, all the trips we do, uh, you and I hunt a lot together. Obviously, the goal is to go harvest whatever animal we're after. Um, but mm-hmm. it is. It's like we turn these things into the most epic camping trip ever. <laughs> and, it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we don't always we're not always yeah. successful, but it's always successful. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, for just, sure. You know, yes. you'll yes, never you forget right a trip like that. Yeah, he's going with the right attitude. And, of course, Senyol, he's got the greatest attitude ever. And, and the guy's been around the block, you know, a time or three. And and so we're both kind of on the same page. We're just happy to be there. And we both cranked our rear ends off all summer. We're kind of looking forward to just sitting in some lawn chairs and glassing up on the hillsides and maybe sitting by the fire maybe the first day and kind of just catching just up, re- you know. Yeah, relax yeah. a little bit. You, you know what's funny yeah. about uh, guys like you or Senyol? So Senyol – arrived home from his Alaska experience. You know, he's been up there working um, about two days ago. I got a text that day, and it said, Hey, are you guys still catching fish at the bubble? And are there anchovies at Bayside in the freezer for me? And I was like, you just got home from Alaska, and you want to go fish the bubble? And he's like, yeah. I do. And actually, a a nice little wave of of bright ones did hit down there, too. So we're actually Mm -hmm. looking for probably this time next week. I hope we have a story, you know, of fishing at home. Because, you know, we've been down here at Bowie 10, and it's it's just – just been epic but i tell you what man puget sound has had a very very solid season and uh and it continues it, it to have a, a solid season you know the area 10s just got you know wave after wave of chinook moving through it and guys are encountering some chinook in the in the cove fishery which is which is outstanding as well so you know you know i maybe maybe late september if you really ask me nicely you know we'll, we'll take you fishing robo how's that yeah, well, yeah. yeah, maybe for the yes. yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I still get some yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, yeah, uh, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out to the listeners for sure, buddy, because uh, we, uh, we've got Randy Shelton told us that we have all hundred boats ready, willing, and uh, able, and signed up for Salmon for yeah. Soldiers Day of Honor. What a great so, day! So, several hundred vets yeah. will be broadcasting live from the Port of mm-hmm. probably from Bayside Marine that morning. And then uh, load up the sea beast with a bunch of with a bunch of veterans, and and it's interesting mm-hmm. because even down here on the Columbia, we're seeing 
um, we're, we're seeing a few veterans outreach boats doing it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and actually Eric Lindy ran into a, to a, to a vet, uh, disabled vet on the dock saying, Hey, do you know where mm -hmm. such and such a guide service is? And, and the guy, no, mm -hmm. like, well, he was supposed to pick me up right here. Right. Eric made a phone yeah. call, got a guy in Warrington to come, you know, another, mm -hmm. uh, you know, veteran outreach fishing program, picked this guy up, took mm -hmm. fish and got him his fish that day. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it is. And those, yeah. those guys appreciate it so much, but mm -hmm. you know, all your work, all your work with Sandwich for soldiers and Randy Shelton too. It's, it's sure fun to be there. If any, anybody's listening within earshot and you're not running your boat, come on down to the Port Everett on, on the day of honor, September 17th. It's a singularly most uplifting fishing event you'll ever attend. Just absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. It's the highlight of our summer up here. And, and I just can't wait to get down there and, see everybody and and uh you're right tom it's it's extremely uplifting uh to be at that event and and uh looking forward to it man so yeah so you guys are splashing the boat are you you going out fishing after the show or what are you guys doing today you got it oh yeah so so yeah. here's here's the pro here's the program we're we're uh we had uh had to take care of something on the boat and uh so boat's going back in the water and we're going to fish the rest of today. Phil Spielgene flew in yesterday from Georgia, got here last night, right? So after the show, we're going fishing, okay? Sunday, one more day in the river, okay? Then Dave Lee from Three Rivers Marines jumping on board the boat. We're going out over the bar, and we're going to go get our, you know. We're doing the trifecta? We're doing what? The tri yeah, we're doing, okay, <laughs> here we go. We're tri we're, we're, No, we're bifecting. We're Look, gonna, we'd only have to run out and get one tuna, <laughs> and then we could come back in and get our halibut. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna go, we're gonna go get our, get our chinook, Lord willing, get our coho, and then, uh, and then jig some rockfish on the way back. So we're doing the. Bifecting. Is that the Pacific Grand Slam? Is that what that's called? <laughs> yeah, that could be. That could be. Only if yeah. you catch a black rockfish. Yeah. Is there any greenling? Right there. Is there any greenling down there or anything too? You oh. can really, you can really set the world on fire. You know, that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> Don't right. challenge me with a good All right. time. When, yeah, <laughs> when Rob Ensley starts giving us heat, it's time to get him off air. Right? Yeah. All right, go go run a trip, All buddy. Right. Good luck. Stay safe and keep in touch, brother. Yeah, thank you, guys. See you, Phil. See you, Bruce. Right. You guys have a great Later, day. Robo. Take care, Talk Robo. To you, Rob, buddy. Talk to you soon. All right, coming up next, Ray Marine Picks of the Week for the third week of August right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Ray Marine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Ray Marine, simply superior. Ray Marine is constantly innovating to deliver high-performance sensors and intelligent navigation systems so your time on the water is stress-free, safe, and fun. We're talking multi-function displays that take care of every function on your boat. Go check that out on more at raymarine.com. All right. We've been talking about this. We've been talking about Southeast Alaska. It's time to go home a little bit here, right? Because, I mean, we can't wait. This time next week, we'll, you know, hopefully have a couple days of uh, coho, a couple days of Chinook back home under our belt. Um, you know, our, our buddy Nikki Kester, all-star charter, has been whacking away at him down in, down in Area 10. Jeff Head's been kicking out fish. Um, you know, but but still, I'm, I'm hearing good numbers of possession come, or good numbers of coho rather coming across possession bar as well. And the cool thing about that is we kind of get to do what we're doing down here. We can we can leave the downriggers off the boat. 100%. We can go out, go vertical on them, do some mooching. Um, you know, get on the troll, find the fish, convert that into a mooch bite. We did that. We've we've done that the last couple of years, and, and that's it's so much fun. But it no, is co but, coho. There's a difference between a chinook bite and a coho bite. Coho hit, they're like tuna. They swim fast and they whack it and you feel that. And we see that out here um, on, on the Columbia. The coho bites are ferocious. So, you know, I, and, and here's the other thing. I know kind of early on, 
uh, we had a lot of dogfish in the Puget Sound. So guys transitioned away from the bait to hardware. And then some guys have now, you know, they circle back sure. and they go back to their bait just to check check the tent and see if there's <laughs> see if the sharks see if those filthy yeah. sharks have have left. Uh, and the, my buddies who are fishing bait are doing very well, which is good for the coho thing because they're very receptive to a cut plug herring. Well, and we always preach that convert a troll bite over and over to a vertical yeah. bite, right? But coho lend themselves to that so much oh, more readily from an abundance standpoint and aggression standpoint but but you can't do it unless you're rigged up to do it which means you got it you, you can downrigger fish and mooch with the same rods no problem but you need a shorter stick to jig and and if you coho will hammer jigs man. Mm-hmm. they will absolutely hammer them and sometimes when you're slowing down that's the best way to to get those coho is drop a jig down first right but coho are attracted to activity and vibration in the water. So when you get a, ho- a coho hooked, and we did this last year, we kind of kept one hooked, and, and it, here they come. It's, they came up underneath the boat. It's very similar to tuna it fishing is. where really you, get, you get one on, and you'll see them. You'll bring it up, and you and then you'll see, like, there, uh, there's 10 following it, <laughs> yeah, you know? there is. And, hey, what you doing, Harold? Because we're yeah, going that boat. Yeah. We're going to go check that out. And, and look, when it's like that, don't net that coho. Yeah. Feed him some line. <laughs> let, let him get 10 or 15 him. feet below the boat and then put it back to him and, and they'll flip around. And, and, and that is the thing about coho. Uh, all the guiding I did up in Alaska, you'd, I'd slide my boat in and anchor up and I'd back down on, on this soft seam. And we were, we were fly fishing a lot of the time. And uh, if they weren't on the bite, I would put a little blade in front of my, my fly and I'd cast it out there off the bow and I'd drag that blade through and I'd get one on and you'd watch all the fish kind of like move, <laughs> right? Like start to move the whole school and it's like it got their blood going and they're excitable and then the bite would be on. And the same thing happens in the Puget Sound. It does. They see activity and all of a sudden it's, Oh, it's time to, it's time to go on the feed. And so a, a lot of, feeding is triggered to surface activity which is follow me here with so when we have yamaha Helmmaster on the boat those engines are going to be working forward and back shifting turning and they're going to create a bubble trail they're going to create a bubble screen because we're going to want to stay on top of those if you don't think there's an attraction aspect to that it, look look if, if if fish weren't attracted to boats and surface disturbance and bubbles, we'd never catch them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we'd never catch them. And, and in so many different kinds of fishing, it's the same thing. You see a little bit of a, a raft or a mat of stuff or some birds on it, and then you get on mahi-mahi. It's the same kind of bite or the yes. black sin tuna or the same kind of thing. So that same – and in the Hellmaster, in fish point, it's a little softer. In stay point, it's a little harder. But right on the joystick, you can adjust up and down. So if you want to leave a little bigger of a footprint, it's just as easy as selecting level five. Beep, beep, beep. Hey, we're making more bubbles. I want to be softer down to level one. See, Phil's going to have to fish more with us, Bruce. Yeah, he's I mean, going to have to teach us mm-hmm. how. So, you know, I'm not quite sure how he can fish Turn more on the us. bubbles, yeah, Phil. Turn, turn on the bubbles. Turn on the bubbles. Let me show turn. you the bubble button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen the bubble button on the boat before. And that's not a, generally not a good thing. So, no, it, we're, we're definitely looking forward to getting home and doing this. But don't and don't don't forget about the Chinook, though, too. I mean, last, last I looked, there's there's still 35, 40 percent quota left you know in 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 marine area 10 well and and it seems like guys are consistently catching some fish in that more like mid-teen range our buddy chris sherwood who is uh 
who's out there almost every morning. He fishes, you know, he's got a couple hours before work and he's launching in the dark and he's got to be back by seven. But he's very consistently catching fish in that, you know, mid-teen range. So this is that time of year if you if you stick on those Chinook, um, you're going to probably catch maybe your biggest Chinook of the year. There's going to be some big ones swimming around yeah. out there. Oh, I completely agree. And, yeah. and, and part of that is the fact that if they're just coming in now, they've been out in the ocean feeding, 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 because the, the closer they get into their natal streams and their terminal areas, the less opportunity there it is for, there are, there is their opportunity to feed. There is for the Chinook coming in, but also metabolically, they're just less interested in food because they basically have their lunch packed and they're shunting those, those oils into reproductive structures at that point. Sure. So, so it's kind of an aggression thing. They, they, or just, they just strike out a habit too. Um, I'm also really interested in, in getting up to the San Juans, not just because you can shrimp and crab and halibut fish, but, but also that Bellingham Bay fishery is going off right now. And, and, and until it rains, those Chinook will be in that uh, Eastern part of Marine area seven up until we get a rain and 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 so we'll kind of keep an upswing of abundance going going into into that fishery and i'm and fired up to have kevin john on next hour and kind of talk and, us and, through that and if guys remember what happened last year that was a very productive fishery early but early um as soon as we we had a little bit of rain a little fresh in the water pew, those fish were gone yeah because he says and, the samish kind of isn't definitely not happening yet which is you know yeah, that's just early. the way it is those fish sure. are going to mill they're going to stay in the bay they're going to move in and out similar to what these fish do here on the columbia and until we get a good shot of rain they're not going to move up into that system they're going to stay in the bay uh i i know one salty old guy uncle ray is is actually there this morning um so we'll get a we'll get a you know first-hand report out of him later today because he missed it last year. He kept talking about it yeah, and talking about and it and talking. And, and then by the time I told him it's good, then he went and it, it, it kind of was over. And, and it can be over quickly. So if, if you're thinking about getting up there, I'd, I'd get up there now. Get up there and make the report. Don't wait for it. Yeah, for sure. So Bruce Larson, Renaissance Marine Group. Of course, David Foyt sitting here ob- observing today. You guys are heading off to Garibaldi. Uh, Garibaldi. <laughs> Garibaldi. That, see, that's what happens when I have one too many shots of espresso. <laughs> so, so Garibaldi, the Oregon Tuna Classic. This Correct. Weekend. Yeah. Correct. So they, what, they did their big fish Friday yesterday. Didn't really hear any reports, but they're uh, out this morning on the event itself. And we'll be down there for the weigh-in and the, the evening banquet. And so who's running that? That used to be a Dell Stevens produced event, right? Yeah, uh, it, it's John Stanfield, the oh, Ducks Unlimited uh, um, chair for the state of Oregon that does it. And uh, um, looking forward to seeing the guys down there. That's that's all those events are just they're they're a hoot is that what you're going to do now in retirement you're going to travel from one (laughs) fishing event and banquet hosting the new mc the new traveling mc you get like a you get a big uh rv like this that's it bruce larson no mc larson mc larson Larson. (laughs) that's exactly what we need (laughs) this this is good retirement planning i love this so but but it's going to be you're you're kind of kicking back to half time right now, right? Initially, yeah, right? going to going to pull the string on on full time activity okay. the end of the year, uh, probably 
you know, more like February or, or March. There's the show, season, show season yeah. winds down. Going to continue to, to um, be the focal point of doing a lot of the great work with Yamaha and, and uh, working the engine routine and, and that sort of thing for, you know, whether it's a year or two. I don't don't really have that vision yet. And But, uh, yeah, David is going to be stepping in and, and uh, working the uh, uh, the dealer roles and a lot of the, the marketing. Uh, he's... Uh, uh, got a lot of digital skills that uh, I've already I, seen I, those I, for sure. I certainly envy, but yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's dynamite at it. So um, I think we're going to be going to be well well cared for. So what is that? conversation between engine, engine manufacturer and boat manufacturer look like? I mean, you know, you you guys do get a talk, and I've been watching it, Phil Spielgeny, Yamaha, and Bruce Larson. I mean, you know, I mean... Well, right now, it looks like, Phil, I need more engines. <laughs> and I say, I'm very sorry. I need you to talk to these gentlemen over here. I, I'm, I'm busy at the factory right now making as many as we can. And then the, those conversations happen at so many levels because it's such a dynamic business from the stuff yeah. about inventories and procurements and the challenges that we've all suffered through over the last amount of time on everybody across the board didn't matter what names on the side of your your boat or your engine and we work through those those kind of day-to-days we work through listening to people so a lot of my conversation with them is hey hey what do you guys need that's where this all started that's how i met you guys sure, yeah. this yep. is where this all started <laughs> from is this kind <laughs> of like, says, is i i got i know some really needy guys yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. like, well, i'm i'm pretty needy too so let's see what we got here and, and then he tasted halibut right and then, and then, then, then oh boy and then i went to alaska and now i'm looking for trailer parks but you know it's a, the same thing is is, is those conversations are trailer parks that's a, like it is what right it is there. but you know the, it's a beautiful thing because it's a the, the thing i like to talk about is a healthy relationship we care about our customers we yeah. care about our builders the yamaha is full of just such a wonderful group of people who are just great human beings that really try to make everyone's life better that's kind of our mantra as part of it you know behind the scenes so we get through the day-to-day. We all put our foot in front of a foot next day, and we, we do the best we can for our customers, and then we look forward towards the future and, and how to make a better tomorrow for everybody. One, two, things like Shiro propellers, things like Helmaster, things like all of these little, what can we do to make it better with what we can affect today? Well, and certainly from a builder's standpoint, one of the, the strengths of the whole thing is basically the backbone of Yamaha, and that's reliability. Yep. And from a builder's standpoint, the last thing you want to do is worry about what the power is on the back of the boat, and this works very, very well. It's great to be able to start those conversations with we've already got the reliability, the efficiency. We've got those things taken care of. Now let's talk about the other cool stuff that makes my the bubble fish button. exactly the, the bubble, bubble buttons button. and the, the the things that make my fishing efficiency go up <laughs> and my the bandwidth of how much fun does dad have on the boat today versus running back and forth and hooking and all these weights in the head. Bruce just spent two days aboard his first two days aboard a Shero propeller powered boat. Impressive. Very impressive. Quiet. Um, the the acceleration from a dead stop feels way more like a two-stroke motor. I had, we I had did, to drop uh, the hammer, you know, the hammer he, down. He doesn't, he doesn't like the term two-stroke motor. Well, I, 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 I don't mind. <laughs> it is a technical term for doesn't great. To, I mean, we still make some in some countries. Yeah, so they're yeah. But it's, it, you know, you, you use that terminology because right. that low-end jump that you get, that low-end torque is so powerful in that. And that's what it feels like. We talk about now measuring things called whole shot on yep. boats that are 30 feet long you talk about whole shot in a 19-foot bass boat mm-hmm. that's trying you know go 80 miles an hour across the top of the you know the perfectly glass smooth lake right now we're having that same terminology in a twin engine situation it's just a different conversation yeah and that's an important aspect to how joey and i fish absolutely because whether we're at, at, at mid-channel bank and we want to you know 
get out and get back up on top. Whether we're at buoy 10, we want to make a move. We want to capitalize on the bite because, Dude. look, sometimes it's not always wide open all day and, and amazing fishing. Right. Sometimes there's a window during the day, and you may be out there eight hours fishing, and when that bite happens, you want to capitalize. And that means when you get to the bottom of whatever piece of water you're fishing, your drift, your run, you want to get back to the top quickly and and with the the new the new props on that boat and and those big 300 horse yamahas we can get back up there quickly and then that allows us to do everything else on the boat quickly and get gear in the water and capitalize on the bite and that's we do that very well and if you don't think that adds up oh not just within a day but in a season all those little efficiencies whether it's Guys know where to put the gear away and, you know, get everything up and out and then gear back down, untangled, all that stuff. It makes a huge difference. Efficiency. It's all about efficiency. It makes a huge difference, I believe, in the probability of you catching a fish. Bingo. It's it's getting set up. It's getting my baits presenting in the right manner, in the right fashion, uh, ahead of where I want to be presenting them. Getting them in the way without thinking about other things. Yeah, every time. It, the, but when you do think about other things, you can then communicate it because they're quieter. Yeah, they're quieter. <laughs> that was pretty noticeable, too. Oh, and, and that's what I love. The first time I got on the boat, I went, oh, hey, because my voice doesn't carry well on a deck. And it's just that those little things like that that add up to make your day better on the water. So exactly. I love exciting new technologies, especially ones that just bolt on the back of the engine. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, back it up to a slip and pop them on. I mean, here, Cheryl props are an amazing, amazing aspect and, and add up. They're, you know, at the end of the day, going to add up to more fish in the boat. All right, we're going to go back to Buoy 10. Go log on to GetHookNorthwest.com. That's Matt Chandler. He's a stick, dude. Part of, and, and part of your game plan down here at Buoy 10 is absolutely the information network. We're fortunate to know a lot of guys, and Matt Chandler's a stick, man. Joining us next, the Northwest Outdoor Report, brought to you by Les Schwab. Then we're going fishing, Bellingham Bay. Kevin John, Holiday Sports. Stay tuned for a jam-packed chucker block full hour two right here on the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.